Right, we're rolling. On this podcast, we'll be talking about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. This is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Social Antics, another marketing podcast, week 19, or episode 19 I should say. There's been a few breaks here and there. How are you Dave? Not too bad, fine, flying it. Flying it, busy week. We have, we're into grading season now with the old university and so much as I love my job as an academic, the grading season is by far, it's the most intense and it's the most weary shall we say I enjoy lecturing as well um, I've done a bit of the grade and stuff as well and it is absolute there's no other way to describe it but torture no it is no it's, it's absolute torture like I mean it's not into, like no matter how good a piece of work is if you're reading 250 scripts of predominantly the same topic or theme or essay like and you're giving feedback and you're anal- analysing all that it's, it's an intensive piece of work like it's the most under kind of rated or valued element of the job I would say of course it doesn't matter and you, you know you get your uh you know, you, you're correct properly, but uh, you don't know where, whether at your, where, when you're at the end of the pile, you don't know it's going to go one way or, or the other way for you, I suppose. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I, I, can't, I can't say that on a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, to be fair, we do, we double, most of them are blind marked anyway. So, I mean, the, like, Stu, just a number on the front. Yeah, like, I remember, I remember when I was, um, when I was going to college, the kind of thing that we always had was that, like, Oh, it depends on what kind of a mood the lecture is in or yeah, two yeah. people graded this would be the exact same thing most things or a lot of things that we do are blind marked twice um, and you'll tend to double mark even your own work just to make sure that there's consistency across the grading and stuff like that so no it's a pretty it's a pretty rigorous system unfortunately well good luck with it I will yeah thanks <laughs> thanks, thanks for your vote of confidence um, any news pop up for you this week in the whole world of business marketing I don't know, I, w- I was shocked there uh, during the week to learn that um, you Judas bastards after setting up your own podcast, basically. <laughs> I, I, I put it out and I realised, fuck, Which was someone I was, meant to tell. Yeah, I was meant to tell. I was meant to tell, I was like, God, who the fuck, who the fuck are this? It was very interesting, the fucking bastard. Thanks, I'm glad you listened. Oh no, I saw the tweet, I, I didn't listen to it. Yeah, the run of things, new podcast. Um, I suppose it, it was it was an idea actually that came up. You, we talked about it, like you know. But I suppose we said we'd put the focus into doing this one first, and I said I get to it eventually at some stage. That's like, it, yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah. So, so uh, look, it's, and and I'm kind of using it as a selfish uh, reason now um, in terms of COVID to to talk to more people. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, that's fair. We all need a bit of human interaction nowadays, don't so, we? Yeah. So no, it's it's good. First one out this week. Um, um, a few more already done down the line, all interview based, guest based. So kind of talking about people. In, the, in their careers in terms of you know entrepreneurship with with some relationship yeah we've had enough of that no we're not we're not using this run, pod, we're not using this this podcast the, to advertise your other bastard the, podcast they're running things on all good bookstores and, all. <laughs> and some rubbish ones as That's well it, yeah. so go on what, what did you find out this week so the interesting one that came up there um, it was actually yesterday the day before um, is that Nike is suing Lil Nas X who whoever that is uh, for so, unauthorised like stock, stock the stock market or something <laughs> yeah uh, for unauthorised Satan shoes um, so basically this guy's after releasing his own kind of brand of, of shoes and they've got he? Satan do I look like the kind of fella who, who who spends his day listening to listening to gangster rap oh he's, well, a, oh, he's, he's a, a rapper, rapper is he oh he's a rap well with a name like Lil Nas X okay. I presume he is 
Um, I heard he does a lovely rendition of Country Black and Tans. So the um, but the uh, but uh, no, basically he's after releasing a uh, releasing a um, uh, releasing a new shoe, and it's basically branded with kind of satanic satanic kind of symbolism. So it's got the whatever it is the inverted uh, the inverted pyramid. Um, there's apparently a vial of blood in the um, in the sole of each of the each of the shoes, and uh, so apparently this is uh, brought about by a company called. Um, uh, MSHCF I don't know what that actually actually stands for uh, but they've basically been kind of renowned for kind of guerrilla marketing just taking brands as, um, without getting their permission and then kind of launching products and it kind of gives them a bit of um, reputation within the market so a number of years ago they launched what was kind of became known as the um, the Jesus shoes uh, which are a pair of white uh, Nike Air Max 97s with custom stitching um, and 60 cc's of water from the River Jordan uh, so Nike had no problem with that but they're drawing the line at the satanic the satanic rituals basically so they're basically suing these guys but like it's so hard like because nowadays like I suppose when you get clothing brand like you can it's so easy to go on on a smaller level like you know to go and personalised you know like even I, I was involved in the gym there like you know before Covid and, and we got kind of a couple of branded you know t-shirts and stuff like that but they were Adidas topside there's no way Adidas get permission for you know that kind of stuff so obviously this guy is on a bit of a bigger level like so it's going to get a bit more of attraction but there's nothing to say anyone can go out and do that to Nike so oh no oh no it happened it happened like I've seen guys and you'd see it a lot with kind of them you know, I do a lot of my research on sports and stuff like that. A lot of football fans would get their own memorabilia mm. made up and they'd kind of change or manipulate or... the logo or whatever yeah. the story was. Um, so, uh, so no, that's uh, that was just one thing that came across earlier And again, look, I mean, for this particular company and for that particular rapper, I've never heard of the bloke. I, I've no idea who he is. Um, but obviously, but getting a huge, amount of, exactly, <laughs> huge amount of publicity around this. So it's going to be interesting to see how much Nike take him for, basically. Mm. Uh, for myself, it was actually not too long before we came on. I spotted a kind of statistic chart uh, from the Ipsos from MRBI, basically about who do we trust the most? Who do you trust the most, Dave? It's not you anyway, you Judas bastard. It's your new fucking podcast. It's great. Keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, basically it was a, a an index of who we trust the most. Um, at the very top, with ninety six percent was local pharmacists fair fair uh, I suppose given the times but then going down you have local pharmacists nurses doctors t-shirts yeah, teachers of the list do of, academic doctors count do I, was just do, I count, say, do I count on that I was just mm, no it doesn't say academics <laughs> 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 the proper teachers that's it yeah yeah but uh, of this whole list right so there's 27 on the list I have here 26 and 20, 26 was advertising executives and then 27 social media influencers do you know who's just above advertising executives Satan worshippers Donald Trump supporters politicians so we got beaten by the politicians we got beaten by politicians yeah yeah so I just thought it was an interesting stat number 20 business leaders um, number 10 television news readers you know so I don't know it's just it was an interesting stat I thought when it came in that definitely you know I suppose, look, it's not the worst thing in the world that that, that advertising are down there. Like, you, you would want to... Um, oh, no, people, and maybe people aren't as gullible as we, no. we, we, think, we think they are, like, in terms but, of... But in the middle of uh, about number 12 is ordinary person in the street. 
Well, they're number twelve. It's actually I, rank. We'll I share. Th- we'll share it on our story. I'm telling you, if there's one person that I do not trust, it's the ordinary person in the street. Joe not a whole Joe Soap. Joe Soap hasn't a clue what's going on. Mm. But they're actually really good stats. Them the the MRBO. Like I think a lot of marketers kind of live off those stats. Oh, they are. No, they're great. I, the only thing that I'd say about them is that having influencers in there is a bit of a it's a bit of a cop out. I think um, because one. What is an influencer? Like, I mean, I would argue that your doctor, like, I mean, if you've got Tony Holohan, for example, going out, like he's a doctor and he's going out or Dr. Ronan Glynn and they're going out and telling people about COVID, forget about the current situation that we're in and there's obviously a bit of mistrust there. But typically speaking, if a doctor says something about up. something that's yeah. going on, they are, they are an influencer. They are an opinion leader in their area. So therefore they are going to be trusted. Similar there, there was the thing about the I don't think the they find the social media like influencers though. This would be particularly social media influencers who obviously are... But what, what's the difference? Is, is Ronan Glynn not a social media influencer if he's tweeting about the pandemic and what we should do and the way that we should behave? He is, well, like... Sure, in a way, like, yeah. I, mean, what, I mean, if they want to categorise that as, like, your typical fitness, fashion, gaming influencer, then I would say fair enough. But then it's what do you trust them about as well? Like, I mean, if you... Like, if you... Like, do I trust an influencer to tell me about um, the vaccine in terms of a gaming influencer obviously I don't because I'm not an idiot but would I trust a gaming influencer to inform me on gaming yes. I, I probably yeah. would like so it's like it's a kind of a it's a stupid kind of survey in many ways because this co- context is removed like you're like if you take the weatherman for example which is in there as well where did the weatherman come in uh, weather is where is it gone weather uh, six seven just just after Neffet and before the Gardaí seven so it's before so it's, so, so it's just after Neffet right if you give me the choice of who I trust about the weather, the weatherman is going to be pretty high up that list. They're even going to be ahead of the local pharmacist who is very, very top of that list because they're talking about the fucking weather. Makes so sense. like, like it's it, like, it, like I like, I, I like, um, I like Ipsos MRBI. They're a great organization. They do lots of really good work, but that's a stupid bloody survey as far as I'm concerned. That makes no sense whatsoever because context is removed. We give it a share of fun stories. Uh, give us a shout there what else came across your uh, path this week so just one that I suppose just to maybe get into a bit of a conversation so Bob Hoffman um, it was an article that I saw on I think it was Marketing Week that I came across this article but um, Bob Hoffman is basically known as the kind of um, ad contrarian within the kind of advertising industry and um, he basically kind of said that the most healthy mindset for any marketer working in industry today is scepticism um, he said that and this is quote unquote we're living in a fantasy land being a skeptic makes you a better marketer um, he said when he was talking about the fe- festival of marketing I think he was talking at um, it's a fantasy land where consumers want to have a deeper relationship with brands and invite them into their lives um, that Hoffman stress just isn't true um, he said I'm sorry they just don't care that much uh, most people are perfectly satisfied with having the shallowest of connection with us as marketers brand loyalty is a myth born of consumer habits and convenience equally there's a huge difference between brand acceptability and brand love most of your customers don't love you and they never will and you know what to be honest with you it was a little bit refreshing because we hear a lot of this stuff coming out now about you know brand community and you know people engaging with your brand and building a community around your um um you're using influencers and people respect your brand nine times out of ten it is absolute bullshit if your brand went bust in the morning it wouldn't really change people's lives at all so i thought it was 
I think it's a bit too far to the left because I mean there is evidence out there of of um of communities being built around particular brands and people having an affiliation with certain brands. Um, but that being said, I think it's on the it's on the the minor scale, and I think when you speak to most people about like you know building a brand community, in a lot of cases you're you're I think you're, I think when it comes to community, and nonsense really. I think when it comes to community, it's kind of mixed. So like if you when I think of like you know building a community, it was probably more prevalent prevalent a couple of years ago in terms of when you looked at the Facebook groups and all this kind of stuff and you had real conversations going around particular they're topics. They're brands though. They're topics. No, but they're topics. But some of brands had these groups, you know, or, or whatever, or utilised them. That was fine. That was. Th- you still have those nowadays, but it's for specific audiences, age range, probably more older audiences, still using those Facebook groups. I, I think there is a community kind of a... A community is probably a big word, but there is definitely a kind of a... Um, a loyalty to be built up among people but I think it's more on an individual basis I think when you look at some brands that definitely have that community spirit and I'm going to say Irish brands like you would have Jim Plus Coffee or you would have The Happy Pair but the reason why I think they have a community would be the fact is The Happy Pair lads would have uh, swims every morning down at the beach the boy, uh, the lads from Jim Plus Coffee do the hikes up the mountains you know, and make a day of it you can transfer literally physical people from online into actual events. And that to me is definitely a community. Whether it's, you know, take even some like, you know, Republic Work in, in Cork, like, you know, they have a fan base online, people following them, that transfers into a networking group of the same kind of people you're starting to see inside the, the room for networking events. That to me is is the definition of brand community brand community so me. I agree with you and I think to be fair when he was probably articulating this he was probably talking more about international brands I do think that people do have an affinity with local brands that is 90% because they are local and all the other brand antecedents come from that authenticity and the people involved and so on and so forth so I think with local brands I think absolutely I think there is a loyalty there um, and well, we, think, we all know that scenario Joe if you like everyone has their own favourite local pub or Joe they have well, a reciprocity when and you stuff. look at the national brands that's when it crosses into there's a different there is a community like you take Apple right there is a community of Apple lovers no 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 there's a cult but a there's cult a cult there's a cult lovers. of Apple lovers right I, you holding the iPhone I'd say there are you? yeah but I'm not part of the cult lo- <laughs> listen, listen to Mr Rickman I'm doing this because of convenience but the thing is are, are we getting into a group and going down to buy the new iPhone together no we're not it's an individual thing so it does can you count that as a community in the sense of that word if that makes well, sense well no I don't think so a community like a community is a collection of individuals well to me there is a bond between those people yeah, a collection no. of individuals that don't have any relationship with each other don't make doesn't make any sense yeah so that's where I think kind of community is kind of yes a lot of brands are setting out to create a community but I think they kind of have to look at that go focus more on the brand loyalty yeah but I think I think it's good to call this bullshit out as well though because like there like there is a lot of but that's what I'm saying what part of that is bullshit to you the fact if so if you, if you take Apple you mentioned Apple there right you mentioned the biggest brand in the world yeah. as your example, and you mentioned local brands. Take local brands out and take the biggest brand in the world out of it. Name five other brands in the world who have what you would define as a community. That's as people actually get together on the back of what they do. What's your definition of community? Uh, you put me on the spot here now. So you can't. I'm just trying to think of. My point is that there isn't, but yet if you go to, if you look at every TED talk or you look at every marketing conference over the last probably 15 years, the big thing is always building a community online. Um, and it's like, it, 
it's thrown out there as a very very flippant thing that it's very very easy to build this community on time just because you've got a lot of followers doesn't mean that there's a community associated with that and that there's a real loyalty associated with your product and as far as i'm concerned with the majority of the consumers they're not brand loyal they will happily watch your brand die on the side of a street if there is a better alternative comes along um you can even see like i mean even if you think um the the daily brands that you use every day just eat uh, Deliveroo and uh, Uber yeah, Eats. They're not I, I, to go, the I go I bet- go yeah. I go between each of those brands very very regularly. Uber free now go between those brands very very between what's um, what's more convenient at any particular moment in time. Um if you look at McDonald's, Burger King, do I differentiate between these? I don't like you know and I the think the one you come across first on the street. Exactly. Like. So I don't I think in a lot of these situations there is a lot to be said for the convenience of choice and again there is the intention to purchase and all of those i'm not saying that i'm not saying that uh, marketing tactics are are null and void here i'm saying that by dressing marketing up in this very very kind of nonchalant idea of community is in a lot of cases probably harsh it um, and again this is something i've just come across earlier on today but i thought it was somewhat refreshing because we as marketers get criticized the whole time for being wishy-washy and and kind of um Fluff, it's all about fluffy. ideas it's fluffy and all the rest of it and to be fair if you do some of the analysis on things like this idea of community does it actually exist beyond its local and reincarnated forms and with again you can say apple is a cult behind no apple as i said i think i just think there's that fine line well it's not even a fine line to me it's more about the individual relationships that you build up the i think community is just such a big word and there's only so, so there's only a type of product or service that you can do that can actually transform into that community sense as i said like the boys and happy the, the happy pair and gym plus coffee and all those kind of brands because there's something else involved in it but in terms of a normal day-to-day brand that's just selling the product or service i think yes you you have to focus more on the brand loyalty side of things and and, and take that community word out of it yeah yeah and as well as that too i think that a lot of the we mistake coming to a coming together of people for being a community like I would argue but, but, that there was a huge amount of parasocial relationships going on between the GameStop guys and like if I, I was on TikTok every 15 minutes you guys going on and we're taking it to the fucking moon and yeah. then you know all this kind of stuff and there was a lot of interaction going on there but it's a spontaneous coming together of people it's not a long it's not a long term community that is going to be absolutely committed to your brand and I think people probably put too much weight on this concept of um, of community whereas in actuality a lot of it does more come down to convenience and the decision making that the consumers go through but i think there there's a it depends on the product again i think there like if you think apple there'd have to be some serious persuasion to get someone to go away from apple or even go onto apple oh no forget about apple no but i think i think it depends on the product as well like you know when you talk about something like fast food like you know in terms of mcdonald's or burger king that's not you know it's not a, a long-term decision making thing you know so it has to be nice. Same again. I, I don't think like people are committed to it. They're not going to swap away from it. Oh, I don't. I don't think people are loyal to those brands at all. At all. I think people will move very, very quickly from Nike to Adidas, whatever other. I would know. You'd be more in that kind of realm than I would. I, I, I wouldn't know. Like I, I, to me, you go in. I see what's probably the most convenient. But someone that would be in that. Oh, exactly. But, that, but, that, but that's but that's loyalty. It's not community based. Is my point here. People consume Adidas and they're loyal to Adidas on the basis that they like the brand. Yeah. And that's always what marketing has been built around. You have your your product, which is um, probably very, very high margin, predominantly because you've wrapped it in all of this marketing, symbology, corporate cultural codes and so on and so forth that make someone want to consume that brand because it's a lifestyle brand or whatever the case may be. And that's the reason why 
you're buying that whereas I think in recent times a lot of people have actually forgotten that and they've just started focusing more on this very very flippant non-defined idea of community and people coming together and I think a lot of it is nonsense like you know and do you think like when when a business is starting out what what do you think they should be around this whole idea of you know building loyalty and building a relationship to their audience and all this kind of stuff what do you think they should be looking at or focusing on or even thinking about um, if you're starting off mm. first thing is which is a lot what a lot of people kind of I'm not going to say they forget about it but what you see quite often is that make sure your product is good Yeah. and I think a lot of people do actually forget that a lot of people spend so much of their time focusing on your social media and your um, your building your community and they forget about the actual product that see, you're when you said there now about building your community what do you mean when you say building the community what do I say what do you mean by that when you you just said they focus on building a community but how can you build a community in their heads it's a community because that's they're a, yeah. saying they're getting followers in and they're getting like loyal customers that's not a community that's people using a product individuals using your product okay. doesn't mean it's a community okay. um, and I think again this is not this is this is not to, to diminish the idea of brand loyalty or a group of people being loyal to a brand. That's not what this is. My point is, is that if you look at a, load of, a lot of the TED Talks, a lot of the conferences, a lot of your keynote speakers, over the last 10 years, one of the things that people keep on hammering home in these social media talks is this concept of building community. But in actuality, there is very, very few examples out there of when this happens in practice beyond and again there are some good examples apple is an example they do have a community they have like the apple store is basically a town hall for want of them um, for want of a better word of kind of the a- apple lights coming together i think i just made that up but anyway but as um, i said i don't know if that to me that's not a community that's just individual people coming to a place to buy a product they're not coming there. Oh no, in- but that's the app. No, the Apple Store now is is like in America now. In particular, I'm talking about where they have classes on to show people how to okay. to how to show people how to edit them, how to take good photographs, how to edit them. They've got concerts on there. They've okay. got their I think it's kind of Apple Genius sessions and stuff like that. So it's a totally different concept. It's basically. not just a shop. Like, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not what I'm referring to. It's a hub. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, I think that Apple is a very, very well articulated example of where there is a community that can revolve around a brand. But when you have everyone talking about this idea of building a community outside, again, local brands, I think there is absolutely a case for that. Um, local, um, local, um, uh, local breweries, distilleries, pubs, food producers. Um, you mentioned Jim Plus Coffee. Really, really good examples of people actually bring people together, I suppose, yeah. through an experiential, um, through, an ex- through experience, marketing experiences. But when it comes to international brands or even national brands, is there a community that is following these people that have a linking value or that have something in common and they are really going to back this brand to the hilt? I really don't think that there is. Even some of the biggest brand, Irish brand, Guinness. Guinness doesn't have a community. Guinness is a lot of people drinking together and they happen to be drinking Guinness and there's a loyalty towards Guinness because it is the international Irish brand owned by Diageo, which isn't Irish, but anyway. Um, <laughs> well, we don't, but they don't get together and say, come on, we're going down to drink Guinness tonight. Yeah, and you even know, like you had, and they try, and you know what they tried to do? They tried to do that with Arthur's Day and it was anarchy. It was mm. the opposite of supporting the brand because you would basically Guinness and then riots underneath it or you people drinking whatever stripping off in the middle of um, Temple Bar or smashing mm-hmm. glasses so like that's the opposite of a community if you if you think of a community as something that comes together has a bond has a shared experience and supports a, bla- a brand impl- implicitly 
that's not what that was so again I just think again the, the point here is more on rhetoric than anything else and, and rhetoric that annoys me more so than anything else and clearly this fella um, <laughs> that again the term community is just thrown around quite a lot and it kind of it, it ignores some of the more fundamental things that we do as marketers in terms of building community you found something this week that's kind of building a community probably uh, that's going to cause a bit of controversy in terms of uh, was it was it Facebook well was it Instagram or oh they're at it again yeah um, so Instagram launched this week that they're developing an Instagram platform for under 13s because if there's a period in people's lives where they're a little bit confused and they're growing up and throw they're a little bit savage what you do you throw them on the bonfire that is social media and, and, not, like, and not any social media but the perfect platform the perfect platform <laughs> which is all about sharing filtered content yeah. of your perfect lives and them looking at models and suit like all like I'm not going to go over again because like the listeners are absolutely sick of me talking about it but the amount of research out there showing a direct correlation between social media use and disengagement from teenagers which ultimately results in loneliness and um, disengagement and, and often cases self-harm and in some cases suicide is absolutely it, it's there in spades in terms of the research that's there Facebook have done nothing to combat that issue and now all of a sudden they think that they have the right to go and set up a platform for under 13s it is absolutely incredulous and we know why they're doing it they want to get them hooked on the get platform young. early on get the drug in. They get exactly that's exactly what it is get them the dopamine hit so they become addicted to it but um, like they, they, this is not the first time they've tried this like they did release Messenger um, for Kids Messenger, that was, yeah. it was a couple of years ago yeah and even look even with so Messenger for Kids was terrible but at least there was parental control over oh, you, I can contact my parents, I can contact I'm But surely people. there has to be some sort of parental controls over this now as well. Yeah, I know, but if it's a social media feed... I know, you can't control it too much. You can't but, control yeah. the feed. So how are you going to control... Like, even if you follow the most innocent... If you follow your friend group and your friend group is posting up them having a great time and you're not, yeah, that's going to impact upon kids. So, like, this idea that like I hope it's blocked for a starter because like all the evidence out there suggests that these platforms are absolutely terrible for people's mental health people's well-being societal functioning all the all the political stuff all of that kind of stuff and that's only tipping the iceberg and not really going into any of these in any detail and you're then going to apply that to um to adolescents or people just coming into their into their teenage years is absolutely sickening to be honest which I hope it's blocked yeah, I, like there has to be serious con- controls going in there because, as you said, like you know, you're you're opening it up to the public. No matter what, once the public gets a keyboard in front of them, there's damage going to be caused somewhere. Like yeah, hundred percent. And even like even even the stuff that came out there, you know, we don't allow any any consumer under the age of thirteen on Instagram. What because a thirteen year old has never lied about their age, kind of a thing. Like do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, like they're being very um everyone knows this is going on and facebook are just being incredibly naive and even in their community brand communications in terms of the launch of it it was just very very i thought it was very naive i thought it was a bit sickening to be honest with this idea that we're going to build in privacy platforms and we're going to do this and we're going to do that why don't you focus on fixing your own fucking platform first yeah. before you start building one for the kids like do you know what i mean it actually reminded me there there was a, a tweet went out during the week from um we we both got tagged in it by um by Helen Courtney Power uh, that Thierry Henry put out that basically he was going to remove himself from social media until the people in power are able to regulate their platforms with the same vigour and veracity that they ferocity that they currently do when you infringe copyright so basically he's taking himself off social media due to abuse basically Um, and basically we got tagged in it with the question you know is this 
are other people going to follow suit or celebrities going to go down no, this road no they won't like, there's too know? much money involved that's exactly um, what I said like you know they're not going to rock the vote you, as I said on, on the question it was on LinkedIn you will have the celebs we'll say you know going back to those you know the, the new age celebs of you know the social influencers and all these people that just happen to have a huge following on social media not really your traditional celebrity going back like you know they will follow because it'll be trendy to follow it but then the thing is something will happen tomorrow and they'll be jumping on that bandwagon and we talked all about you know woke marketing and all this kind of stuff and hopping on the bandwagons of something happening just for it to be trendy that's what will happen like you of know. course but even apparently it's been happening already now I haven't been again I haven't been spending a huge amount of time on but Clubhouse apparently Clubhouse is meant to be a complete cesspit for people coming on and castigating people in front of large audiences very very Joe the kind of thing that you wouldn't say at a conference yeah. which was sponsored we'll say but you will say it in a kind of a in an open forum on Clubhouse where people have no right of reply. There's very little moderation that goes on, and people are almost hearing. Oh, did he he said that about you on on Clubhouse in terms of how you or whatever the case would be. So again, very very, it's becoming even more wild west than it already was. Um, and you've got a big thing now at the moment as well, which isn't just about celebrity cancel culture is a huge thing at the moment, yeah. where people are a bit offended by something that someone says, done. and then they say Boycott. we're going after this yeah. person, and it doesn't matter if this person has done incredible work for their full career and over forty eight hours, seventy two hours, their whole career is decimated on the basis that um on the basis that um that a group of social media followers don't like this particular person. A lot of them probably anonymous. Yeah. No, as I said, I think I think it'll be kind of become trendy. You'll see for a little while people might start jumping off social media. But the thing is, an hour later they're gonna be bored and they're gonna be back on it. I, I'm fed up of seeing that I took a break there for a couple of days. No you but I, could, but I could, what I did, I hate social media, but I couldn't turn it off. Not a hope in hell. You think I could spend a day away from TikTok and those dancing <laughs> dogs? Not a hope in hell. Have you been Have you been using Clubhouse or kind of dipping in and out of it? Dipping in and out of it, just listening to things and stuff like that. And look, it, it's fine. Like, I, it's I've, good. I've started noticing a bit more of the spaces on Twitter popping up at the top. I've noticed one things. or two. I haven't actually looked at it yet, but I've seen it kind of pop up. I mean, then tomorrow too, you're basically yeah. just in the conference, but then it gets to the stage where three or four people just start talking over, you know, a couple of them, you can go in, you can basically request to be a host or, you know, a speaker. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you go in, you see three or four people kind of highlighted as a host or whatever, you know, just talking over each other. So I don't, I haven't, I haven't come across one from the start yet. So I'm kind of jumping in halfway, having a clue what they're talking about. Um, I kind of seen like it's a bit of a free for all, so I, I'd I'd like to see one that's kind of professionally done from the start to see how it actually works. See, I'm wondering, and this actually filters into a different story that I actually have, which is going to discuss, discuss later on. But this is where we planned it. But it's worse, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. But basically, there was something um that came out there during the week. There was um the the I think it was the VP of the Central Bank of Ireland, and basically said that there could be five billion euros unleashed into the irish economy from savings accumulated by households during the pandemic once the impact of the virus starts to subside now i'm wondering like even when i was on like when i was on um clubhouse and i was listening to and even i've listened to a lot more podcasts than i than i would have been traditionally and good this week i am what uh, i didn't fucking <laughs> listen to yours anyway i said one look and i said right all right i listened to him enough forget about it that was the only reason i don't stop uh, talking to you that's each week. it yeah but the um but are people actually going... Is there going to be a period whereby people actually disengage? In the same way that there was a massive ramp up of mm. people you like listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Are people going to disengage for a period? I'm not saying it's going to be sustained, but a period whereby I've been on Zoom meetings for the last year and a half. 
I don't want to be going on to like a big Zoom meeting on Clubhouse, which is essentially what, yeah. you know, what effectively is. Or like online conferences, online training. A lot of people have invested a huge amount in those online kind of things. Events, and are yeah. people going to be keep on doing Like, I would be a big advocate of you take where I'm working out at university or if you take any of my clients, I would absolutely be looking for more meetings to happen online than I would have traditionally. Not all of them, just some Save of the more time. kind of... Um, yeah, oh no, huge amount of time. Um, And it's good for guest lectures and stuff like that. We spoke about that. But like every opportunity that I get, I am meeting people in person and I don't yeah. want to listen to podcasts. I don't want to listen to people over a microphone because that's what we've been doing for the past year and a half. And I'm wondering, is there going to be that massive disconnect when you take people wanting to detox one and then secondly, having this kind of ancillary expenditure there to spend on you know, extra nights out, going to the cinema, doing I th- whatever. I, th- I think, is there I think people are going to go out. I think, I think the majority of people will want to get back into some sort of normality of the office of seeing each other. Um, I think it depends on your personal situations. Like you think of people with a young family at home, of course it's going to suit them better to be someone at home, you know, less childcare costs less you know transport costs in terms of the car being used back and forth oh, to I don't know about all that. this kind of stuff I felt so I was in a meeting there now last week and it was an intense business meeting and there was a bit of effing and blinding going on because people were not happy with what was going on in the meeting and all of a sudden this little head sort of appeared <laughs> in the background sort of dawdling in and all of a sudden it was like right I was going to call your dad a prick but I can't now because <laughs> we're in the middle of a meeting also I think look I think um and I get what you're saying there are some advantages and this blended work week I think will work for a lot I of people but it. I think when there's no choice it's a big issue I see anything during the week that was actually interesting um, I can't remember what even the context was but it was basically saying for years we had Skype and out of nowhere a pandemic hits and Zoom is the biggest video uh, conferencing kind of video yeah. meeting platform like you know we've been talking about Skype it was just interesting everything you said I like, didn't you know, think it could be I actually, I actually think Zoom could actually be in a bit of trouble possibly why? when they go because if you take if you take the business model of Zoom, they've got video only. It's all they have. They've got nothing else. You compare that to Microsoft. You compare that to Google. And they have your Google Meet, but you've got all the other stuff associated yeah. with it, your Gmail, your Drive, and so on and so forth. Same with Microsoft. You've got your Teams, which is useless. But they've got Teams, Microsoft Word, and all the rest of it. And then even you've got uh, Salesforce now after taking on Slack, I think it is. Like, they're kind of a one-show pony. And I'm wondering, are you going to have a mass disengagement from people using that platform and is that going to really really hurt that company in a short period of time and another twist on that I suppose is right you think about you know I go to search something on the internet I'll google it zoom has kind of become the phrase of the pandemic in terms of video calls oh, so, go on, so zoom, like in like, terms yeah, yeah. of their their brand they're that's it now they've, they've kind of almost reached that pinnacle in terms of brand that they're referred to in terms of this whole um, process of just calling someone over the internet oh yeah 100% you know, like, like people don't use like I'm like gonna say, Microsoft Teams, you there, like you know, or yeah. whatever. No, you don't. And like, I mean, some of them have been around for years. Like, I mean, Cisco Webex. Yeah. I mean, they are marketing people. Must be like these guys have been around for ten minutes. We've been around for years. <laughs> Skype, very, very. So, like, Skype isn't a bad brand. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. But Zoom, whatever they did with it. Now, I would also say as well, going back to what I was saying earlier on, their product is the best. It is. By a distance, yeah. like the amount of times There's that no I've gone on MS Teams, yeah. it crashes. Um, Google and um, Google Meet I find the volume isn't very good the, the camera's not as good or the, the, the I just think with Teams it's good. very hard to actually get in to the meeting I just oh, always the amount find of lectures that I've had to email students yeah. going oh yeah by the way I can't get into the classroom like, yeah. it's like banging on the door like let me in <laughs> um, but uh, no I think it's um, 
I think going back to the original point that you were making about kind of podcasts and clubhouse and stuff like that, I think that the um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the market adjusts to people going back into more traditional modes of spending, um, clothes, retail, cinema, entertainment, um, alcohol consumption, all these kind of festivals, sports. All of these are gonna get a massive, massive. Bump. I actually saw. I actually heard someone that saying that today. I mean, he said about alcohol consumption. They someone said, you know, they're talking about the pub or whatever, you know, going out, and they were like, no, don't miss it. What? They were like, I don't miss it. These people are stupid. <laughs> but but do you are think? Idiots. But think about it, like you know, in terms of friend, yeah, it is great to go. Out, but do you think less people will go out on a consistent level of every weekend, or will it become more of an event to go out? I'm generalizing not so just as, talking about so, you and so speaking as as a single pringle myself at the moment yeah. would i rather go out with real people and meet other people and have a bit of a crack and go to a number of different pubs or sit in my bedroom by myself <laughs> where i've been working for the last eight hours sculling cans mm. if you had said to me that's the other a year yeah. ago that you are going to be spending your Saturday nights alone in front of a laptop sculling cans and like his life has gone down the swanny <laughs> somewhere along the line like do you know what I mean but that's what we're that's what's happening now do you know what I mean yeah. um, like so it's a different it's a different now social etiquette is going to totally change like I mean like if you take the if you take the 20 year old student for example given that they haven't been interacting with each other for the last whatever amount of time like are they going to go into their first nightclub and go up to the nearest guy or girl and start jump, shove their tongue down their throat I like do you know what I mean do you know what I mean like so it's, it's a diff- like social etiquette is going to change but I think people are going to absolutely go I think it's going to be carnage oh I moments. do think I think there should be a good bank holiday weekend organised whenever it all opens but that's the other thing as well like, just have Paddy's Day have Paddy's Day in October yeah. now that being said as well like everyone's going to be wanting a kind of a Joe, get back to the pub and all the rest of it. Like the place is gonna be absolutely rammed. You know what I mean? Might give it, might give it. Um, might do, might do a bit of midweek drinking maybe just to keep <laughs> the crowds are a bit lower. Safety reasons. The safety reasons. Yeah, uh, can't in, be catching COVID. Another. Um, saw, How the hell did we get on? This is a weird episode. Go on anyway. What's next? Uh, I spotted as well. Uh, Instagram. There was a big research done there from Social Insider, and they teamed up with Sked Social. Never heard of them to be honest. 102 million Instagram business posts they, they compared um, to basically get the sense of what the latest engagement rates are over Instagram. So since the pandemic, basically, uh, the overall engagement rate is after uh, going back to the same level of 2019 when Instagram was the top platform in terms of like the likes of Snapchat weren't creeping in and you, you know TikTok as a recent. But um, they also, a couple of other just little kind of interesting points about carousel posts generally get the most engagement. Obviously, you think about, and it was actually in particular to accounts under five thousand followers. But you think about your scrolling, it's grabbing your attention. You know that to to swipe and have a look at the pictures. Uh, short captions, less than ten words, generally work best. I thought that was interesting. Actually, it was very short. Don't put too much work into it. You know, it's not engaging yeah. long. But on the other side of it is, if you're putting up video posts, the overall consensus was that longer captions of thirty words or more work better. So it's kind of interesting that I think it depends on the product, it depends on what you're doing. Again, my issue with this type of research is that it's it, it's interesting just to see it at a kind of a macro level, but it removes context. It removes the type of brand, the loyalty that someone has from brand. Are they a startup? Are they known? All these things make sense. Like the best ad that I've seen on Instagram, without a shadow of a doubt, in the last since Instagram opened, is an ad that I get very very regularly, which is when I'm scrolling through my feed. And there's a big, massive, in caps, 
at the start of the caption before the video starts playing which is which just very simply says hey bald guys and it's selling a razor and it immediately captures my attention because I'm like he's fucking talking to me do you know what I mean like it's he done, it, he done his job exactly well. yeah so it's like it's one of those that is just completely that's, that's targeted now oh it's, it's absolutely beautiful but like I mean the like that stuff is just so it's so obvious mm. that of course it's going to grab your attention um, I do think people do overthink it in terms of the well, I, text and weaving things together and narrative and all it, it does get a bit me you know in terms of working with social every day like I kind of tried to I suppose analyse a little bit more and I thought the reasons probably why in terms of video posts was you think about it in the level of you don't, not everyone watches the video or listens to the audio you're explaining that a little bit more in the text so people are probably reading a little bit more because they want to know what the video is mm. about without having to watch the video I thought that was um that was kind of my way of looking at it, I suppose. Um, another bit of news I saw this week is your friend is back. Oh. We haven't talked about him in a few weeks. Uh, Mr. Um, Trump. Oh, really? He's back. Oh, what's he done now? He's back. I kind of ignored him a bit. All right, what's he um, done? About two hours before we came on the podcast, he announced uh, that he's after... La- sorry, that not announced. They launched an official website of the 45th president, uh, 45office.com. Doesn't really scream that much it sounds like you're buying some product from Microsoft Office or something like that but, <laughs> but um, basically uh, the office of Donald Trump is committed to preserving the magnificent magnificent legacy of the Trump administration um, the goal of the website will be to inform educate and inspire Americans from all walks of life as we seek to build a truly great American future through civic engagement and public activism he's going to run for election again of course he is that's what he's going to do that's sure. exactly what he's doing um, oh god he's not god yeah now the only thing is is that he's been banned from every social platform that's why there's going to be that, yeah. very very little traction on that I think like I mean what like I mean you might attract current followers that he might have had and they might support him for a bit but is he going to attract a huge host of new followers given that he's excluded now what's probably going to happen he's going to get, end up getting a show on Fox News or something like that probably but that's that's oh, one of the reasons why why I brought it up was um when you said there you know is he gonna get much traction or much following, in terms of websites in general, if you don't follow someone on social media, are you clicking through to their website constantly unless it's an e-commerce site and you're buying and stuff like that, like, is it is it something that you go to seek out information? No, unless the news, news fine, the or, news fine. Like yeah. I mean, I follow the currency for example or the journal, um, but they find me. I don't go to the current the only one that I would you actually do the link and you've clicked yeah, the only one that I would actually is like probably the FT I go to the FT myself just to see things what's going on but 9 times out of 10 the news finds me yeah true social oh yeah 100% yeah. Twitter mainly yeah. um, I just wanted to read but anyway they're, they're shared on the so also shared on the site is going to be biographies and I thought this was interesting as well as an account of Trump's record in office including uh, trade taxes energy regulations immigration and healthcare I doubt it's going to be the full records now really is it <laughs> like it's not going to show uh, everything how's that wall going Donald <laughs> but um, uh, I said we might we might throw him in an email anyway because apparently visitors to the site can schedule a request for him or Melania the first lady 
uh, to participate in events or request a greeting for special occasions so we might send them an email and see if we get them on the show we get them on the show I think <laughs> we should try for the absolute I will crack I think we'll send, an email, yeah, we'll send an email and we'll see if we get a response we'll see if we get a response give I don't want to whatever you do don't get oh no he's not president anymore I was going to say don't ban us from America but he can't he's not president that's oh, fine that's get great. a bit of publicity it'd be, yeah, great, yeah. It'd be great for the ratings Fantastic, yeah <laughs> I look forward to that email off my university going you did what <laughs> you said what to him what no that'll be the second email with the yeah, follow up be cancelled yeah we don't want John uh, any other inf- or any other news pop up for you this week um, not particularly no I mean it's something that came up and it's just more of a comment than anything else but again it shows the I think the the lack of attention that has been paid to the amount of brands that are vertically integrating at the moment in terms of their own content. So you mentioned a number of weeks ago, Joe Rogan and having the exclusive podcast on Spotify. Yeah. Um, Spotify have followed up with that now and they have made their move into live audio by acquiring sports talk app Locker Room um, and its maker uh, Betty Labs. So again, they're doubling down on content. As far as they're concerned, we're going up against Apple Music realistically and to a lesser extent SoundCloud and a few of the other ones that are that are that are their competitors and they're not really um and as far as they're concerned, the only way that we differentiate, we have a good product, but they have a good product as well. Mm. We need to differentiate on content. And I think the amount of like what's stopping Nike, for example, coming out with a podcast and doing a deal with Spotify exclusive night podcast it comes up at the top of someone's feed every time they they um they log into the browser for the first whatever two months or something like that. I think there's there's going to be huge opportunities here for co-branding between Apple Music, uh, Prime Video, Netflix, Disney Plus, um and all the multinational brands. I think there's going to be a huge amount of partnerships and collaborations over the next kind of two years because we can even see like we've seen it we said it before there's been no innovation in social media advertising for basically the last kind of five, ten years. Like it's been Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising. It's kind of the same. Yeah, you've had advancements in social commerce and stuff like that. But in terms of raw brand building, the tools haven't really advanced that much because obviously Instagram, Facebook, they have monopoly. So this, I think, is a very, very unique way for brands to start positioning themselves very yeah, uniquely with these new platforms new, exactly yeah. yeah new audience new but media I think, I think it's going to be very interesting you said there about Spotify in terms of going on a bit of an ad at the top that's one thing that will actually annoy me about Spotify because I love the whole um, the personalization of, of Suggested For You and, and generally I actually think Spotify Netflix they get it right you know, they. I think they, they they do get it right instead of feeding loads of ads. Netflix, the, but the one thing I find bizarre actually about Disney in particular is Disney have no algorithm at all. Like it's just the I same go on to Disney time. Plus and it's just the same every time. It's yeah. bizarre the way that their algorithm isn't even remotely as powerful as Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of all the news for this week. Uh, in terms of next week's episode, looking forward to it. We have a guest on uh, week twenty, uh, Mr. Stephen Ryan. Yeah, my Steve. counterpart from. The, Mutu, the nemesis, my yeah. monster technological university. Um, Stephen's going. No, Stephen. Stephen's good. I mean, Stephen has had a very, very interesting marketing career. Kind of, I suppose, catapulted his career by being at the forefront of social media when social media was still all about organic reach and building your brands on using those organic tools where those platforms weren't saturated. 
and then bizarrely moved back into old media which was radio yeah. and kind of did a kind of a combined exercise there in terms of how can we digitize a traditional a traditional kind of a a brand shall we say and um, so really any, looking forward to that conversation Should so be for anyone that doesn't um, know because you kind of just spread it off what he did without saying who he worked for so I suppose he oh, was did wish- I, oh did I not say no oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. you're no good at the plugs yeah. but uh, yeah so Stephen was marketing manager for Fota uh, for wildlife here in Cork which is probably like realistically it's one of it's Europe's one of, it's one of Europe's biggest wildlife preserves yeah it's a fantastic spot but he or is, was, it, is it is it Europe's biggest wildlife preserve it could be the wild I'm not sure to be honest yeah. we'll try and find it out for next week it's not the biggest it's, zoo I know that but it's not a zoo you see it's no wildlife it's a wildlife yeah, yeah. Um, but basically yeah he was there when social kicked off so he was like he talks about setting up the initial Facebook pages and you know having a bit of, um, you know he's, he's done some great talks on it before and then as he said moved back to traditional went into Red FM and then does a lot of lecturing work in what was CIT now MTU and also is out on his own now in terms of narration and 24 stories uh, so it's going to be really interesting to get Stephen as you said the whole idea of um, the storytelling grabbing the, the attention of customers or consumers on, online I'm sure we'll have one or two disagreements yeah somehow or another you wouldn't disagree with anyone no never Thanks very much for listening. You can follow us on social media and we'll, uh, we'll chat to you again next week. I totally messed that up. You did. You messed that up badly. Yeah. So I'll do it. You're obviously, obviously you Go on, you've never done it obvi- before. Obviously, you shouldn't be running your own bloody podcast given that you can't get the wording right. Uh, so thanks, guys, for tuning in and we'll see you again next week. Take care.